I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Thursday. How are you doing? I'm all right. How are you doing? Outstanding. If I was doing any better, I'd think I was twins. Is that so? Yep, that's my line. I'm sticking to it. That's your story and you're sticking to it? Yes, ma'am. Another day, another dollar. Well, for some of us, it's 10 cents. Yeah, it does seem like our uh, dollars are getting smaller into the pennies. Smaller dollars. Hey, we start a store, smaller dollar store. Yeah, did you hear the dollar store went to a dollar twenty-five store? Yes, I did. Thank you, inflation. Thank you, Biden. Buck and a quarter plus tax. Jeez, no winning. So what's on the hit list for today? So we've been talking about Hawaii and their water problem for the military base there. It turns out that there are seven public schools that still can't use tap water as a contamination crisis continues to drag on. That's a bummer. Then you really need to fix this thing. Absolutely. So you have, they're all tied to the Navy's water lines. So the contaminated fuel from Red Hill underground storage facility is really causing a lot of problems. And it turns out that the Navy or the military actually agreed to remove the fuel from the storage facilities. I don't know if you heard that. I thought I saw a picture of a an oil or a fuel slick out in the middle of the bay. So they discharged it into the ocean. I jo- believe that joke. was, that was uh, another issue that they've had. Joke. But the, So the Navy agreed to drain the Red Hill fuel uh, facility following the contamination of its water supply. They were fighting not to have to do that. But it turns out that they won't be removing the fuel in the immediate future. And it doesn't preclude them from putting the fuel back. So they're going to do their usual government take a long time thing to drain them. But then they're very likely to reuse them again anyway. You'd think they'd just put a couple of fuel barges out in the bay there, pump the fuel into the barges, fix the leak, and then pump the fuel back in. That sounds smart, though. Common Uh, sense is not so common. Yeah, I don't think we can do that. That's That definitely doesn't have the ring of government to it. No. So, California, favorite state because we're in it. I should say my least favorite state because I'm in it. The middle of it. Unfortunately, fortunately, I don't know. I was born here, raised here. This is my home, but there is so much wrong with it. But the city of San Jose, it has become the first U.S. city to approve Forcing gun owners to carry liability insurance. I read something about that. Yeah, so apparently they believe that gun owners who go around shooting and killing people just at random or mass shootings or whatever, workplace violence. I don't know if this applies to people who obtain their guns unlawfully, if if they have to as well. But they believe that if you carry insurance and pay fees to the government, somehow the insurance company will turn around and cover an unlawful action, which I don't really understand how that's supposed to work. 
Yeah, but San Jose, the city council said you now must have liability insurance if you're a gun owner. And so if I go around and I, I say cause a mass shooting, well, not cause a mass shooting, I carry out a mass shooting. What if I don't have liability insurance? Is that like a $50 fine, but I murdered a whole well, bunch of people? I don't understand It depends on who logic. you are. If you're a law-abiding, tax-paying citizen, it would probably cost you half a million. If you came up from the south of the border illegally, it'll be a $10 ticket or a notice to appear that you never have to appear to you. I believe there's something wrong with these people. <laughs> I really do. I, I don't think they think these things through. They just have a touchy-feely, oh, I'm going to do this for the goodness of the world or the population or cal- whatever the case may be, and it never works out. Yeah, so with that, not just the liability insurance, but the with that, not just the liability insurance, but gun owners will be charged a $25 annual fee and it will be directed to a nonprofit set up to distribute funds to gun crime prevention and to victims of gun violence. Don't we have law enforcement and pay taxes to arm them and provide training for them? I believe so. Well, that is what you do with that money. And the police officers, they protect you against crime. They protect you against bad people that get guns. Yet we have DAs that are going the opposite way and having zero bail and all the things to let people out of jail that deserve to be in jail. Yeah, and what's really interesting, um, it says a nonprofit that will be set up. I wonder if one of those city councilmen or somebody that they're related to is going to be the nonprofit that the $25 a year fee is directed to. Bingo. It's going to be one of their family members. And they'll nicely draw a salary, kind of like our congressmen and women that dabble in stocks, make hundreds of millions of dollars, and think it's okay. I I just don't understand because we say, for instance, San Jose is saying gun gun crime's a problem, so we want to put a fee on lawful gun owners. And then you have police in New York who are burying two of their own. It was due to, I believe, a shootout gun crime. But then a DA turns around and releases a teen rap star who was charged with shooting a different New York City police officer, he gets bail. Now, it wasn't a no-money bail. This teen had to pay a $250,000 bond, but the they were given a, it's a juvenile charge, but they were let out of the juvenile facility with gun and assault charges in the shooting of 27-year-old police officer from the Bronx so if gun crime is a problem, why are we turning around and allowing people who commit unlawful gun crimes to just go right back into society? Because they do things 100% the way they should be done. And I believe that they just buried or had the eulogy for one of the officers today. And I think his name was uh, Jason Rivera. Young man was 22 years old. And his wife gave the eulogy this morning where she basically said that the system is broken and now not even officers are protected because you have a new DA in New York, Manhattan. His name's Alvin Bragg. He announced a few days after he took office that he would be applying less stringent policies for prosecuting certain crimes. Now, there was a little firestorm right after he made that statement and put out the directive 
and he's kind of backpedaled a little bit, but he fits right in with the rest of the prosecutors across the nation that, believe it or not, have been funded by Mr. Soros. Oh, absolutely funded by George Soros. And he actually announced today, he being Mr. Soros, that he's going to contribute $150 million to one party over the other to help them stay in office during the midterms. Well, right, because all of his funded DAs and the like are seeing their cities overrun with murders, all different kinds of crime, but yet, oh, it's not because they're not prosecuting people. Oh, that can't be it. It can't be what George Soros is pushing. Oh, absolutely not. It definitely can't be that. Well, I really even know his name's bandied about a lot, and I've heard his name over the years. I don't really know who the man is. Never done any research on him. But a very interesting guy that he would want to contribute a lot of his, I guess, hard-earned money to create lawlessness across America. Why would you do that? Why would you want to be lawless? There's got to be something that he's getting from it. There, There is an underlying thing there that this man's getting out of this, and I surely do not know what it is. So the district attorney in San Francisco, Bowdoin, district attorney Bowdoin, has or is, not has, is facing recall efforts because of how many people that they've let off the hook there, either non-prosecution, low bail, no bail, or just bad deals for the city. Apparently, District Attorney Bowden is the son of two Weather Underground members who were convicted of driving the getaway cars in a deadly New York robbery. So... Not that you can't be something because your parents were criminals, so it doesn't mean you can't be the district attorney, but I find it quite interesting that this district attorney is letting people off, giving, you know, these sweetheart deals, no deals, just just get out, or um, low bail, no bail, with that kind of a, a background and tie. No such thing as a coincidence. Staying on crime, I've never watched the Netflix story Tiger King. Neither have I. Apparently, he was just resentenced this week to 21 years in prison. What was the original sentencing? 22 years, which makes no sense to me, but it went from 22 to 21. They spent a lot of money for that year. Yes, and apparently it was because his attorney fought for the fact that he had tried to hire two people to kill Oh, what was Cheryl Baskin? Uh, Carol or Carol. Cheryl. Yeah, Carol, Carol Baskin. Carol Baskin. That's it. Yeah. And it was actually an FBI agent that he was talking to somewhere around 2015 or 2017. And his uh, defense felt that it should have been one crime and not two because he tried to hire two people to do the same job. And after he was caught, apparently he said he was just kidding. He didn't really mean it. They're, they all say that. Even though he told the person he was going to pay $10,000 to to walk up to her, shoot her in the head, and just walk away. Amazing. Yeah. All that for one year. All that for mistreatment of animals. That's that's crazy. Yeah, tigers. He's a tiger rescuer, right? <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, from what she was saying, he was stealing them, selling them, breeding them, doing everything unethical that a real handler of these exotic animals would do. 
So in Texas, there was a police corporal that died at the hands of an individual who has been on the run since 1996. Apparently, this individual who is an unlawful immigrant, illegal immigrant, was wanted for murder in El Salvador and has been on the run since 1996. He was finally caught, but apparently he was caught in Mexico and Mexican law enforcement uh, took him into custody before turning him over to U.S. authorities. So I guess this professional criminal has been a fugitive for 25 years uh, after a warrant was issued for aggravated assault with a knife in Harris County, which is where he killed the uh, police corporal. So we have an unlawful immigrant who will now likely be facing life in prison on U.S. taxpayer dime, and he's an international criminal. They say he may be tied to either gangs or to the cartels, but either way, this guy has been on the run since 1996. Well, he's been on the lam for a long time. Absolutely. A lot of crime happening, a lot of uh, officers being killed here around the country. We're kind of a little bit lawless right now, but we do have a lawless leader that set an example by leaving a border wide open and allowing hundreds of thousands of people to come through. And apparently doing a lot of night flights to get spirit these people into states. So the states don't really have a choice with all of these individuals just showing up. I believe that police murders are at an all-time high. They're the highest they've been in years and years. And we are pretty much encouraging more to happen. We've had cities and counties basically through attrition or, or pushing officers to retire have seen upticks in the number of openings that they have just in general. Some chose not to retire. They weren't of retirement age, so they just left the force altogether. So now police, policing agencies across the U.S. are finding that they have a bunch of openings. So then, of course, that's pushing officers to work overtime to fill the gaps. Well, Portland has been struggling so much with crime in their city that they've actually started reaching out to recently retired police officers to try and convince them to come back. Isn't that where a lot of this, uh, not BLM, but that other uh, fringe Antifa. Antifa started and one of the mayors up there was very happy to do a news conference with them to support Antifa hands down they they support the lawlessness and in fact the police chief for Portland when inviting officers back out of retirement said except you that worked with the feds in identifying and arresting the Antifa-type individuals. So they want people to come back as long as they didn't do their job or work with the feds or try to stop lawlessness. So they want officers that will kiss the proverbial tail. Yes. Wow. So I don't know much about West Virginia. Do you? Uh, uh, History. My history lesson served me correctly. Coal country? Coal country. I guess guess the governor just did the state of the state there. Okay. And there was some rub between Bette Midler and West Virginia. I think there's a senator from West Virginia that voted no on some stuff. Oh, maybe Manchin. Yeah, Mr. Manchin. Well, the governor told Bette Midler that he could kiss his dog's hiney. 
So during the state of the state, apparently he took the dog with him. And at the end of it is when he told her to kiss the dog's hiney. Yeah, she made uh, some very derogatory and disrespectful remarks towards the people of West Virginia. So their governor was uh, sticking up for his people. Uh, was she the one that said something they were unintelligent, backwater type individuals? That would be correct. Oh, isn't, I know you touched on this in a previous episode, not necessarily about West Virginia, because they're more towards the East Coast, but about if you just decide to leave California and go to one of the middle states and you plot your farm and you decide to live off of what you can grow, you're just in flyover country, you're a hillbilly, a hick. And you don't deserve anything from the United States except to be made fun of by these leftists? Yes. And I believe that parts of West Virginia want to secede from Maryland and become their own little community. And I think that's part of what started her little rant, which is okay. And just because she's a singer doesn't make her a literate person either. You know, that's one thing that really bugs a crud out of me is the fact that they give too much credence to some of these actors, actresses, sports people, because just because they've made millions at a certain sport or acting doesn't mean that you should listen to them or you should put them up on a pedestal because the people that live in this flyover country, especially farmers and people of that nature that have to create food for part of the world, have a heck of a lot more going than somebody like Bette Midler. So one thing that was brought up to me within the last week was and is the fact we were I was talking to an individual actually a couple of individuals about wanting to sell my house and get more land I wanted to be able to have a garden a little garden wanted to be able to have some chickens and and basically have a little mini farm to take care of my family so that way we would be raising our own growing our own and being basically self-sufficient yes we would have resources say city water or if we went possibly with well water but we'd have electricity unless we live totally off grid which is illegal in the city we could become self-sufficient and this individual uh, one of the two individuals that I was talking to was talking about how they have their own they grow their own food it's not to say that they don't also buy from local stores, but they grow their own food. They're raising their own meat. They have, you know, we we're talking about the eggs and having chickens and what it means to live in a city and live where you have a little more land and take care of yourself. This individual said, paraphrasing, not a direct quote, but that people who no longer have to take care of those things, no longer have to raise their own food no longer have to do anything that really takes care of them, but they, they pay money and their groceries are delivered. They pay money and your electric's delivered. They pay money and your water's delivered to your house. They forget what it means to actually really participate in the country. So all of those people who, you know, the, the Department of Sanitation, all of those people that collect your trash, all of those people that take care of wastewater treatment, all of those people that grow your food, all of those people that grow, you know, raise cattle and butcher and give you the meat that you put on your table, they diminish those people, but those are the very people 
that allow them to live the life that they live. So it seems like city dwellers forget this and then start doing a everybody owes me sort of thing. And those country dwellers don't forget it and believe that everybody participates in their own raising. Now you can raise cattle and somebody else can raise chickens and another person can have a cornfield and another person can have you know, an apple orchard, and everybody can work together to make sure that they each have a portion that's through trading or through money. I mean, that's how we do things. We sell it off, and then we buy the other things we need. That's how that works. But it seems like the city dwellers just have lost that understanding of what it takes to run society. So all they see is that everybody owes me sort of thing, and they get into this really anti-agricultural I don't know, sentiment because it, oh, it's bad for the environment. Do you eat? Is eating bad for the environment? You forget that you eat. Uh, just, I, I'm, I'm not doing a good service to how this individual said it, but it just really made me think of how we forget being city dwellers, what it means to participate really, other than with cash. Absolutely. The breadbasket of America, I think, is about right here, or at least one of the areas that feeds 15% of the world comes out of the Central Valley or comes out of California. And if it wasn't for California, city dwellers would really be in a hurt and forget where this all comes from. Well, we had people in, in our, our representatives of California who tried to outlaw agriculture. Forgetting, they were okay with it going to another country and polluting the environment because they said it polluted the environment. Going to another country because they didn't have to see it polluting the environment. So that's okay. Well, it goes with every commodity we bring into the country. As long as you don't see the young kids producing the iPhones or the lithium batteries, it's okay. It's a touchy-feely thing. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely getting into the touchy-feely just like a lot of elitists talking about staying home and doing the right thing while they're in their mansion or they're in their, you know, really big house with the the pool and the tennis court and all of that. Oh, everybody just needs to stay home, forgetting that it was the blue collar workers who were the ones delivering their food orders. It was the blue collar workers that were the ones who worked the land and, you know, pick their food or butcher their animal bring them whatever it is that they were looking for, but telling everybody to stay home because they could either sit on their computer and make money, which is great, no no uh, crime there, but they had the ability to stay home because they were such a high maca maca, but everybody else that had to go to work, man, they were the problem. They were They were moving around too much. They were the ones causing the strife. And we forget, hey, do you want to eat? And it's the blue-collar workers that built that home they're living in and that pool and helped create that internet system. Yeah, but we forget that. Oh, yeah. I believe last week or so we talked about Union Pacific down in Southern California and all of the cargo containers that were getting broken into. Yeah, how it was Union Pacific's fault. Yeah, well, apparently there's an employee now that has come out and said that it's their fault for laying people off and looking at profits over safety. Ooh, no, I didn't hear that part. Yep, in 2018, Union Pacific employed 44,531 workers, according to Railway News website. 
sightings filed for the Surface Transportation Board, the number decreased by more than 11,700 to 32,820 in July of 2020. Meanwhile, their net income for 2021 was $6.5 billion, the company's most profitable year. Therefore, this, what do you call them, whistleblower? I would call them a whistleblower. Yeah, says that uh, Union Pacific's putting profit over safety. Well, I don't know how that can be when, well, I do understand how it could be, but isn't it partially the responsibility of your local police, your local LEOs, and the state to provide safety for its citizens? You would think so. So working hand-in-hand, whether they have one employee or 1,000 that provide security, if you have laws that will not keep these people in jail or they release them on zero bail, and they know that they can just continually or repetitively go break into these things and they will not be held to account, then I don't think it's the profits of the company. I think it's the misgivings of the state government. I can agree with that. So speaking of a story that we've touched on a couple times, the Loudoun County rapist, so he was given a sentencing to go to like a halfway house and receive treatment and then to be off of probation by the time he turned 18, provided he went through his treatment plan. However, the judge sentenced him to lifetime registration as a sex offender. Apparently, whoever they appealed this decision to decided that the Loudoun County rapist was in fact the victim and he is no longer sentenced to lifetime sex offender registration. And they said that because the United States, people across the United States took interest in his case after hearing about it, he became the victim because there were outsiders looking in. So yeah, he his lifetime registration has now been taken away and he's the victim. Jesus, the way it works in a Democrat-run Democratic society. They make all the wrong choices. So, Mr. Kyle Rittenhouse, found not guilty, getting ready to sue everybody that maligned him. The Wisconsin DA has decided that the weapon he used to defend himself they're going to destroy this week which is probably not a bad idea i think he was asking to get it back so it could be destroyed as well rittenhouse was asked so the fact that they're going to destroy it i think just kind of fits with what they were looking at doing anyway it's interesting too that the judge had ordered the rittenhouse two million dollar bail to be divided among his attorney and the fight back foundation that solicited donations I thought Mr. MyPello gave money for his bail. I had thought so as well, too. Well, maybe that was a part of the Fight Back Foundation that he gave it to them to do. But I thought bail was supposed to go back to whoever posted it. It should. Unless you had a bail bondsman, then you pay their fee type of thing, so they would get it back. But I don't think anyone posted his bond. So why wouldn't it go back to whomever posted it? We'll have to text him and ask him. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know him personally. So there has been a lot of, we've talked about it, murder, crimes. Um, There was a lot of, has been a lot of anti-Asian hate. Seems like anti-Semitism has also been on the rise. 
So in the realm of anti-Asian hate, there was a 65-year-old woman last year who was visiting her daughter in New York. She was on her way to church, and she was brutally attacked by an individual. And he was, for apparently no reason, just started beating on her. And then they started pulling security footage to try and get the pictures of who he was to see if they can identify him. And that's when it came out that there was security footage of guards closing the door of a nearby place while this woman is getting beat. So there was outrage that they wouldn't leave their post, go outside and and attempt to intervene. And now I don't know if they were armed or unarmed, but I think that some, even if you're a security guard, look at like the security guard of Target or the security guard of Walmart, they are unarmed and they are actually taught to take information and not try to apprehend anybody. So I don't know what type of security these individuals were supposed to be doing, but I didn't really see a problem with them closing the door and trying to keep people inside safe. And I hope that they were calling 911 at the same time. But there was a lot of outrage that they didn't go and attempt to intervene in this beating. Well, it turns out that the individual who was beating this woman, uh, African-American individual, he his name is Elliot, or his last name is Elliot, and he has been on lifetime parole for stabbing his own mother to death in 2002. He was released from prison in November of 2019, And so within the last year, he then brutally beats a woman. And now I understand these people aren't going to know his history, but you're telling someone that it was their obligation to go stop a murderer during his attack. Right. And it's not, especially if those individuals have no type of training to deal in defense situations like that, because it all sounds good and you think that they might be able to do something, but then you could end up having two or three victims instead of just one unfortunately. Right. And I'm glad to say that this woman is recovering. Obviously, mentally, she's probably not going to recover. It's going to take her a long time to recover, but she's physically recovering from her injuries. She was hospitalized. It was a very vicious attack. And I am very sorry that it happened to her. I really am. I, I just found it quite interesting that people are like, we do this armchair quarterbacking, I think is what it's called, where where we sit behind our computer, we sit on our phone, and we say what we would have done in that situation. But then when a situation happens, how often are people just doing nothing about it or they're so shocked that they just stand there and stare or they're afraid for their kids' lives so they pick up their child and run away. I can't blame them for that. And then you sit there and say, well, I would have you know, called 911. I would have intervened. I would have done this. I would have done that. There was a high school, sorry to slightly jump subjects, but there was a high school recently where a student, a child, was shot in the bathroom. I believe shot twice in the bathroom. There were witnesses in the bathroom to the shooting. Do you know what they did? Hide in the stall. They posted on Twitter and went back to class. Not a single one of them called 911. They posted on Twitter about it and went back to class and when a security guard here you go security went doing some rounds and some checks found this student at first thought they were just injured just you know either i don't know punched or whatever realized that it was gunshots 
They called 911. They called the police because they were security. I don't believe they were a police officer. So the resource officer shows up. They gathered information from the Twitter posts. Nobody called 911. So don't tell me. I mean, this is our society. Someone got shot in the bathroom at school. Kids post about it on Twitter. Go back to class like nothing happened. And they should have immediately called 911. And they should not have interfered with the the shooter. Correct. Should not have tried to stop the shooter because that likely could have gotten them shot. But just to go back to class, they didn't report to the teachers that a shooting happened. Pretty classless. So I guess six officers have been shot across America in the last 48 hours. That's. Wow, that's sad. It is. We definitely have a problem here. I didn't realize that we're part of an oppressive group. A South Carolina University Admissions Counselor says Republican applicants are part of an oppressive group. There's always an oppressor. Oh, me, the victim. Oh, woe is me. I am a victim. Well, I'm glad that she has been reassigned to a different job. But what I'd like to see is a person like her go on to a television show and go up against somebody like Ben Shapiro that has all the knowledge in his head, way more than I do, and let her explain why she feels that we're oppressive and then let him retort and respond to her as to exactly why we are not. What's interesting about him is people will call him an alt-right or a white supremacist, even though he has been the number one target of white supremacists being a Jewish individual. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter what the truth is. It just matters what somebody on the left says. You're the oppressor. You're a white supremacist. There was even a, a, oh, a football coach who apparently they're looking at to make him a head coach. He's like a offensive line or something like that coach. And so I believe the, the news organization is called Deadspin. They are a sports news organization and they write about sports players or, or they break news stories having to do with sports. And there was an article written by one of their journalists talking about how this head coach or, or potential head coach, how this coach, if he were to be made head coach, is just another like cutesy white guy that they want to put in a head coaching job. Do you know what the problem with this article was? He's not white. He's biracial, half white, half African-American. His dad is African-American, I believe. And so here they are writing about this white, cutesy white guy, just another post because he was apparently too relatable. And so that made him white. I don't know. I don't know what this, this uh, journalist thing was but clearly completely wrong so when they updated the article they just said oops we got his race wrong but everything else still stands it's like no you got the whole story wrong of course but it doesn't matter what the truth is it just matters what somebody says and then that's just going to be the truth i heard somebody say that when bill clinton was in office and they would just throw something out there it doesn't matter if it was truthful or not It's just the thought was out there, so people thought it was the truth, and they never went back and apologized or said, hey, we were BSing you. That wasn't a true statement. Well, Nancy Pelosi was on video saying how they get the stories out there, so they feed the story like on the sly 
to the news organization. The news organization then asks for a quote or investigates the story. And then when they point to, and, and then Nancy Pelosi will say, hey, this news organization is publishing it. It must be true. And then it would just kind of make a circle. Wait, I thought you were the source. And like, no, 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 you published it. So now we're not the source. You're the source. So she was talking about how they would get the news organization to be the source of the story they planted. And that's just apparently how they work back there. I didn't realize that she was 81 years old. Older than dirt. She needs to go. Yes, but she's running for Congress again. Or else she's for a the, lame duck. For the children. Yeah, she's a lame duck. If if you're not running, then anything you try to do just becomes lame duck. So if Biden doesn't say that he's running, then he's just a lame duck. If she doesn't say that she's running. I don't get that because we need to work while we're working. So I don't care if she is going to retire. Everything she does is important to the way forward. It's not a lame duck. Well, not everything she does. Everything she's done over the years has been very damaging to principals across the U.S., but it's been very profitable. For her and her husband. And productive for her, her husband, and little, I think it's, uh, she have a son? I don't know about her son, but her nephew is Newsom. Yes. One of them has a son that's in his early 50s, and he's been under investigation for years, just like Hunter Biden, for doing shady deals with these large companies. Wouldn't surprise me. Yet they never seem to get prosecuted. They just investigate for a lifetime. Well, there was a recent story about someone. We'll see if I can find her. There was a recent story about a woman who was elected to Congress. So a Democratic Congresswoman, Representative Marie Newman out of Illinois, Apparently, she's being investigated because she may have bribed someone who would have run against her to not run, and she promised them a federal job. So she said, hey, you don't run, and I will I will make you a part of my, my team and give you a federal job. So she wins, and this individual says, okay, I'm here for my job now, provides a contract, a, a working contract, so they can begin working, but she doesn't ultimately end up hiring this individual so the individual sues to make the contract enforceable and then come to find out here was a bribe essentially of money, future money, which would have been a job, a bribe of this person not to run so she could run unopposed. And they said, according to what's been released so far, that it may be illegal so if true, it may be illegal. I'm like, how is that anything but illegal? Yes. I promise you a job. It's quid pro quo. There you go. Quid pro I'll quo is what I was going to say. I'll get this job and I'll give you a job. Oh, but that apparently in Congress, you can do all kinds of stuff. That's okay. Of course. They're the ones that write the laws, right? Quid pro quo is something that we learn every year in training at work. And we do a state-mandated class as well. And we uh, have seen that one of the largest offenders of quid pro quo. Our government? Our government employees. Elected. Let me, let me back that up. Elected officials within the government, not government employees. Yeah, it's amazing what quid pro quo will get you and how high up it goes. 
Biden was just doing a presser. I don't know what to call it, where he was out with some of our car manufacturers and he was touting how they're going to bring electric vehicles to be produced in the United States. So he was meeting with the CEO of like General Motors and he tweeted about it, featured a video of him talking to the CEO, says, I meant it when I said the future was going to be made right here in America. Companies like GM and Ford are building more electric vehicles here at home than ever before. They are union employers, so he's doing a back scratch for the union employers, completely forgetting that Elon Musk has been doing this for how long? Exactly, and he needs to recall that uh, his predecessor had a bunch of the car companies come back to America because they were building cars all over the world, so it was actually Mr. Trump. That brought him back. Yes. And because if I remember correctly, paraphrasing it, not a direct quote, Obama said the jobs are not coming back. Correct. Jobs are not coming back. And guess what? Jobs came back under Trump. The first year. He brought a majority of them back, brought back silk industry, brought back a lot of, uh, oh my God, I want to say probably over 300 businesses that hadn't been in America for years and years and years. Speaking of Mr. Biden... He was supposed to speak, I believe it was in Pittsburgh, the last couple of days, maybe even this morning. And he was going to tout his uh, transportation bill, you know, building bridges and that sort of thing. Oh, yes, the infrastructure bill. The infrastructure is what it's called. And how convenient, and I don't believe in coincidences, but I'm not saying that somebody did this intentionally, but a bridge back there collapsed a few hours before he was set to arrive. How convenient. So what's interesting that you bring up the infrastructure bill and a bridge collapsing, which would be infrastructure, our bridges, our roadways, etc. Pete Buttigieg, the transportation secretary, was trying to convey how we would spend this infrastructure money. And they've started to walk in the human infrastructure portion again, which is what hasn't been passed yet, was human infrastructure, as AOC called it. But it looks like they're going to be reallocating the money that people thought would go to bridges and roadways and train railway systems and airports. Apparently, it's not going to go to physical infrastructure. You mean they're doing a bait and switch like they always do? Kind of uh, yeah. like... Having a bill sit there idle forever, then strip out the contents of it, keep the bill name, bill number, and that the, a fact that it's been passed by one part of the house, and then shove other stuff in it, and then present it for signature to the president. Good job, Schumer. Good job, Schumer. Yep. He is one of the Democratic Five families. Uh, Mr. Um, I don't want to say Tucker, but there was somebody on a, on a Fox News show the other night that has his own news show. It's called Jesse Waters. Oh, he just got his own show. Yeah. I mean, he had his own show, but now it's right. in now prime he has time. Right, now his prime time hour. Well, he talked about uh, the last few nights about the five families within the Democratic Party that basically run everything, and Schumer was one of them. Not surprising. Not surprising. I know we've talked about it, but there are people who have 
great cognitive abilities at many uh, older ages. There are doctors. There was one doctor I remember reading a story on that I think was in his 90s or maybe even almost 100, and he was talking about why he still worked and everything that he did. But why is it that in the retirement golden years where people do tend to slow down a little bit, they may still have their cognitive abilities, but they tend to slow down quite a bit. Why is our country run by the people who have slowed down? And there are many... I don't, I don't want it to sound rude, but I think it's going to come out sounding rude. And they look like they're on some drugs that are keeping their cognitive abilities present for at least an hour or two a day while they're in front of the camera. True statement. But why are we relying on 80-something-year-olds well, to would, run the country? You would have to ask the 20-somethings through 40-somethings as to why they don't go out more in mass and vote. And get these old farts out of office. You know, it's somebody like Pelosi, Schumer, a couple others um, come to mind, but I won't throw their names out there. They have run every two years in Congress and every six in the Senate. They can, they repetitively win. And then now they're in their late 70s, early 80s. And their cognitive reasoning has slowed. They, to me, they look like they're drunk by the middle of the afternoon when they do a press conference. Not like they've been pumped up on a drug so they can speak coherently. Like Pelosi the other day, she looked and sounded like she was drunk. Probably is. She has the number one alcohol bill. But yeah, so if you get schnockered up, why are you going in front of the camera? Do you think you're still having that ability to? Well, it's because they're so arrogant. And that system back there has created these little mini monsters that they think it's okay. And they think we're, uh, as Bette Midler would say, we're illiterate enough that we don't understand. And we do understand. The problem is we're powerless unless we vote in the masses. Well, and it's quite interesting that usually Nancy Pelosi and the like, they run unopposed. Yeah, and how can that be when there's uh, a few million people in the Bay Area? And yet, yes, yeah, she runs unopposed pretty much every two years. Because she knows that, or they know that they'll go down in a ball of flames if they run against her because she is a part of the family, as you say. She's one of the powerhouses. They have unlimited resources. So unless you're willing to take all of these narcissistic punches to the face, you, you stand no chance. I would stand no chance. I have no doubt that if I were to run against Nancy Pelosi, they would come up with whatever twist to any story in my life that they could come up with just to try to take me down or you down or the next person down. They will do anything. Well, that's why you go out there with your very first press conference, one sheet of paper, and say yes over the last, how old are you? How old am I? 59. Over the last 59 years, I have done this. I have done this. I have tried this. I've done that. I've tried this. I've been around this. I've been around that. I know this. I know that. And then say, okay, now that everything's out there in the open, now that everything's out in the open, let's get it on. Let's do this. Yeah, you have to be that person to be yeah. able to say that. And you, you have to disclose first and then say, okay, let's let's put the gloves on and let's tangle. Yeah, but it's, sometimes, it's not just you. They could come and say, well, you said all of your piece, but your daughter, your nephew, your uncle, your brother, your auntie, your great aunt, you know, Kelly, whatever. Right, and if you do like a news guy did the other night, and you just put out the video of all of the homeless, all of the drugs, all the feces in the street in her district, 
her being Pelosi. Just look at her district and then go look at her multi-million dollar home in Napa Valley, her multi-million dollar home in Marin County, her really expensive new condo in Washington, D.C., her new condo in Florida, and then say, okay, is this the type of stuff that you want to continue to do? The interesting thing is you go to the south of the state, down in SoCal, you have another lady down there, and I'm not saying lady to be um, disrespectful, but you have another lady down there. I think her name is Maxine Waters. Yes. Her district is just as bad. She's made a lot of money, nowhere near what the Pelosi's have made. But the people in her district are living in squalor as well, and they're letting her get away with it down there. I, I don't get it. Well, if you're on the correct side of somebody's perception, it's all good to go. And th- they can make you think whatever they want, and it seems like the news organizations are right in line with them. There was an individual who interviewed uh, then, well, he wasn't President Biden, then he was running for office. So Charlemagne the God, a, an African-American individual, interviewed then-candidate Biden. And it was, I believe, via Zoom because of all things going on and, and Biden being in his basement. And during that interview, when kind of being asked, like, why should they vote for you? Why shouldn't they vote for the other guy type of thing? Biden says, if you don't know if you're for me or if you're for Trump, then you ain't black. And everybody just overlooked that. That was an acceptable comment. That was just Biden being Biden. And life went on. Well, Charlemagne was doing another interview with other individuals. Or I don't know if it was an interview or like a, a talk show type of thing. And they started, he started talking about how he missed Trump. That all of the bad stuff that, that kind of went on with Trump that you knew where he stood, whereas the other side is gaslighting you. So it was kind of an interesting, it took about two years, you know, to come around, kind of interesting to hear the the change. And so any African-American individual who is brought up supporting Trump or that the other side is being gaslit, they have been called all kinds of names from Uncle Tom, to I think bootlickers. I've heard quite a nasty number of names. And here it's come around that an individual who was left, who who did the interview of the leftist, who's a leftist, saying we are being gaslit. So it's you know, people are coming out, hey, it took you two years to realize it or it took you longer to realize it. We've been saying this all along. You know, look at what is actually happening, not what you're being told. Right. And unfortunately, there's no mechanism to stop it now dead in its tracks other than take over Congress so you can stop any future policies he wants to try to push through until he gets voted out of office. I had told a gentleman at work, who's now retired, very good Christian, pastor as a matter of fact, runs his own church, that he didn't want to vote for Trump because of his background with women and a lot of accusations that had been made about him. And I would sit down and talk to him and say, look, 
do you know Mr. Trump personally? And he would say, no, I don't. Well, then, I do not know him personally either, but you cannot trust the media to give you the accurate story. I'm sure big portions of it are true, and I guarantee a 50% of it or more is false. The guy's been a good businessman. It's about time that we have a businessman try to run this country because it's all about the money and it's all about the American citizens. It's not about these Dems or these entrenched rhinos. So this man finally came around and realized about a year into his presidency that, hey, this guy isn't so bad after all. I've got more money in my pocket already than I've had in years. The guy may have an interesting background. However, with what he's doing for us now, I'm good with it. So that's where I kind of let it lie because I don't know the man, didn't know the man, will never know the man, but I like what he did in four years. And he weathered a big storm from a lot of people that absolutely wanted to destroy him, and they're still not done. No, look at look at Russia collusion. That turned out to be a big old hoax. Took five years to come out that it was an absolute hoax. And they're just finding the next thing that they could try to find to destroy him. And do you know why they want to destroy him? Why they haven't stopped? It's, he's out of office. Biden got elected. Yeah, the real Russian colluder. Yeah, the real Russian colluder and the China colluder and doing it through his brother and his son. And he pays, his son pays Biden's bills, but yet he's not on the take, whatever. Anyway, the reason why they're still going after Trump for January 6th, and now they've charged him the Oath Keepers with insurrectionist acts, if they can tie Trump to an act of insurrection, he is not eligible to run for president right, again. they're trying to prevent him to... Or anything. Right. Any You can't hold any No public any office. office. So now they're saying that what the Oath Keepers did was an insurrection, even though it appears that Mr. Epps was the insider of the Oath Keepers while potentially being on the, the federal... Federal uh, payroll. Yes. Which is another nice little side story. But if, even though Trump said remain peaceful, even though Trump said this isn't who we are, etc., they're still saying he incited it. So if they can get one conviction for insurrection and then tie Trump to inciting said person to commit said insurrection, he's done. Because they don't want him to be the next president. Well, and then we'll get Again. then we'll get uh, Florida Governor DeSantis. He will be our next president, and I guarantee you, he will do as good of a job as Trump, if not better, because that man really cares about the people in his constituents. And I would like to see him do it on a three hundred million person scale. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the direction that we're going with information and information sharing and who gets to hear what, apparently the teachers union went in on a big uh, contract for a company that does um, browser, like attachments to browsers or downloads for browsers. So that way, if you get on the browser and you search for a news organization, this browser attachment will actually rate the news organization. If it gets a scored points by this company of 60 points or higher, they're green. 
And if it's less than 60 points, they're red or providing misinformation. So this company has gone around and raided all of these news organizations. And so what they want is for the teachers to use these browser attachments and then also give them to their students to use so they can evaluate news. It just so happens that this organization typically rates as misinformation providers anything leaning right and solid news and good to go for anything leaning left just by chance. We're in a cycle right now. Years ago, it was CBS, NBC, ABC that were putting out a lot of fake news. They still do now, but they were really doing it back then prior to Fox News. And they cycled through. Now Fox News is uh, turning a little bit to the left because of the new ownership. It'll go back to the, another organization. will start and a bulk of the truth will get out there again and this whole thing will correct itself. Well, I certainly hope so because right now they're trying to hide any information from kids that is not approved by the unions. So the unions are doing these contracts to get to the teachers, to get to the kids. And these are the same unions that are pushing the school boards to teach that parents should have no say in their kids' education, that they're not the ones involved. So it's just quite interesting to see how it will ultimately end up. How it'll play out. Absolutely. So I guess that Biden has said he's going to pick a uh, black judge to run. Female. Yeah, female Woman. for the Supreme Court, first one. And I guess uh, we need to be careful on the Democrats here because when Trump put forth a black judge, 13 Democrats voted against her. Oh, that's quite interesting. So we like black judges when we say there are black judges, but we don't like other people's black judges. Yes, just like when, unfortunately, Clarence Thomas was nominated for the Supreme Court. He wasn't black enough for one side, and they went after him with a vengeance. And if he wasn't such a strong man, they would have destroyed him, and he would not have been picked and put on the Supreme Court. Well, even today, members of The View are still saying he's not a representative of the black community. He's an Uncle Tom. And it's Joy Bear coming out and saying all kinds of awful things apparently if you're a white woman but you call yourself a liberal you can say nasty things about black men and black people in general because they're not worthy of anything apparently she is just a hateful woman and says all kinds of derogatory things but somehow that's okay and acceptable i do not understand the two-sidedness. Which tells you that this woke thing's BS because if it's true, then the woke folks would have already gotten them kicked off of television. She should be ki- I don't understand how she's even allowed to still be out there. It's me, me she, she just speaks such, she spews such hatred, but it's agreeable hatred when you're of the left, which I, again, I don't get. Oh, when this uh, lady was supposed to be confirmed for judge back in 2018, 2019, Schumer was the first one to vote against her. Wow. Go figure. Well, if she's too 
conservative, that's just reason enough. They probably didn't think that a conservative is worthy of her skin color, too. Somehow that's also out there. Oh, here's why I like Tulsi Gabbard so much. Biden's mistake. He should not be choosing a Supreme Court justice based on the color of their skin or sex, but rather on their qualifications and commitment to uphold our Constitution and the freedoms guaranteed to all Americans in that document, which is the foundation of our nation. So one of the things that I've read about liberals appointing or Democrats appointing a justice versus Republicans appointing a justice. So if you look at the history of Democrats appointing justices and Republicans appointing justices, oftentimes each side will say, well, you're only appointing someone that will vote dem- like basically rule Democrat that they'll say have the Democrat leaning and then rule in favor of Democrat thought processes. And then they'll accuse Republicans of putting someone up there who will only rule in favor of Republican thought processes. But if you look at our our history on the Supreme Court, oftentimes a Democrat appointing a Democrat judge results in those individuals writing decisions that typically lean left. They will side with the, the Democrat ideal. And the appointment of Republicans to the Supreme Court or a Republican appointing a justice to the Supreme Court, it can go either way. Yes, that's why Roberts upheld Obamacare. Mm-hmm. It, so it's funny that they, the left will accuse the right of appointing super conservative judges and the right will accuse the left of appointing super liberal judges and not people who are there to uphold the Constitution, which I, I believe that whoever is appointed should be upholding the Constitution, period. It, it shouldn't be a left thing or a right thing. It should be a constitutional thing. Well, I don't look at it as really a left or a right thing. I look at it as your own individualism and how you interpret said constitution. Because some people believe that it's a living, breathing thing and it has to keep up with the times. And others believe that it should stay as written. Well, if it would stay as written, we'd still have slavery, unfortunately. Right. Well, and if it was a living, breathing thing, technically, I can agree with that. Because we have the ability to amend the Constitution. So to me, that is the the living, breathing. It's still a document that can change because we can add an amendment to the Constitution. Right. So it's a piece of metal that's malleable yes. or annealable, which so, makes sense. So to me, that's the living, breathing part of it. If we want something different for our society, we will have an amendment to the Constitution. But the document as it stands with all 27 amendments as as amended now... It's not living in that we change what has been written. We have to have Amendment 28 for that to happen or 29 or 30 or whatever. That's how we had Prohibition, 18th Amendment, and then we got rid of it, 21st Amendment. So in that regard, it's living and breathing. But we don't reinterpret the same thing a whole bunch of different ways unless we got it wrong the first time, which is Plessy... V. Ferguson, Board V. The Brown, uh, Board of Education of Board Topeka, Brown, Kansas. Yes. There are things that we got wrong, absolutely, and needed to be redecided. It's because it's human factors, and we are fallible. Right, all of us are. Yes, we're definitely fallible. So there are reasons to go back and revisit certain things, and then we've also changed as a society. So what happened in the 1800s looks different in the 1900s. So redeciding an issue could be 
that times have changed, but it doesn't mean that the words have changed, if that makes Makes perfect sense. So looking at all of that, when we appoint a conservative or we appoint a liberal, it really bothers me that they make it a living, breathing document in and of itself and then just do whatever they feel like of the times. There is no right to an abortion in the Constitution or in any of the amendments. Roe v. Wade was a living decision actually that killed untold you know, lives. Right. So I do believe that Roe v. Wade was a wrong decision, constitutionally speaking. You want the right to kill a baby? Guess you got to put an amendment and say, okay, here's the constitutional amendment. Now you have a constitutional right to kill a baby, which I don't agree with. But if you want it, it's not in that document. You better put an amendment there. Put it in there. So I heard something interesting yesterday. So what's the amendment? To remove a president who is not fit for duty. 25th. 25. Ooh, do I get bonus points? You do. Extra coffee. You win a prize. So (laughs) we have a president who has now decided he's going to nominate the first black woman for the Supreme Court. So person I listened to on the news said, okay, tongue in cheek, he's going to nominate Kamala Harris. Oh, I thought that too. I, you know, that... That would get her out of the way because she's not handling her duties. Absolutely. And then Nancy Pelosi is going to chop Mr. Biden off at the knees with the 25th Amendment. And then who's next in line to be president? Nancy Pelosi. Ooh. So I heard another thing on Kamala Harris getting nominated. Okay, so right now in the Senate, it's 50-50 split. Presuming every Democrat and independent would vote with the Democrats. So that would be 50. And then every Republican would vote against. She that would be vote, 50. She could vote she herself, could vote herself into, into the Supreme, into Supreme Court. Court. Yes. So I did hear that one, although he's saying that Kamala Harris is not his choice for a Supreme Court justice. So that won't happen. I'll believe it when I see it. Bummer. But, but I have heard that both they're like, oh, both of them should step down and they're not doing a good service to the United States. I'm like, you realize that makes Nancy Pelosi the president. If both of them right now said, you know what, peace out, I'm done, it turned out I would rather be retired in Delaware than be your president, and it's just too much for me, and Biden steps down, and then Kamala Harris says, yeah, right, I don't want to be president, it turns out this job sucks, I'd rather, you know, do whatever, and she steps down, it's Nancy Pelosi. So I don't know that we're in any better position with any of those three. It's like playing tennis, we just have to hold serve. Until 2024. Okay, but if, okay, hear me out. If Biden steps down or gets removed, Kamala Harris is not elevated to Supreme Court justice. She becomes president. Then there's no vice president in the intervening time. That would mean that the Senate can't pass anything. Unless, is there a a constitutional... There has to be some Whatever, type of trigger for, yeah, to... Yeah, for yes. tiebreakers, if there's no vice president. I know they president. have some kind of weird governments set up, too, in case of an invasion and something happens to them, who takes command or who takes control. So there, there is triggers there. I just don't recall what they are. But that would be interesting. It's very interesting that 50% of the population has put three knuckleheads in charge. One, two, and three are bad choices. Very bad choices. Absolutely. We've ended up in a a very bad place right now. We have sky high 
inflation. Gas prices have gone down a few cents here in California, so I don't know if we should thank Biden, although it's still like a buck fifty higher than it was before he took office. My four hundred one k retirement technically is not in. Well, is it a four hundred one k if you move it out of a workplace? Anyway, my retirement, uh, my our retirement has gone down by ten percent. So I'm crying over how much is being lost right now in the stock market. Although if I had invested like Nancy Pelosi's husband, I would be making tons of money right now, but I apparently did it wrong. Yeah, the latest IPO they jumped into was either the $1 million one or the $5 million one. Vomit. That's pretty good. Yeah, they they do an incredible job at enriching themselves. They should write a book, How I Hosed. 50 states yeah how i hose 50 states sounds like a great book by nancy pelosi yes so how do you feel about your uh buddha judge now disappointed i am very disappointed he is just another tool in the toolbox of democrats and provided you you watch the rhinos get elected their their tools and toolbox for the republican i am tired of everybody being I don't want to say team players, but on the take. They're definitely on the take because Judge got a job out of it. I mean, he's transportation secretary. I don't know what the pay is of the mayor in Ohio, but I'm guessing he's making more money now working in the federal government at one of the top levels. So he's he's getting buku dollars and he's towing the party line. It's disappointing. Yes, yeah, a good old boys and girls club back there. They get well taken care of. Nice salaries, a little bit of benefit, even when they only do one or two terms. Too much benefit. Yes. Unfair benefits. And I'll bet it's been that way the whole time. I bet you if you go back three or four generations, you're going to find that nothing's changed back there. They're just making more money now than they were back then. Because if if we could change it, we could go to part-time legislature, and I believe Texas does that. A few months out of the year, yeah. Yes, and they meet a few months out of the year. That way they can only do minimal damage in that amount of time. So do you know who the atomic veterans are? No. So they're the veterans that took part in the study of the making of the atomic bomb? Yes, I knew that. So some of them were Navy members that were on ships told to watch this. Hey, y'all, watch this. And some were the ones that did clean up after because we we really did a disservice to many islanders out in the Pacific. Yeah, Bikini Atoll. Yeah, we ruined a lot of areas. And so they went to try to do cleanup. So then you had military members who were cleaning up atomic messes. So apparently, after decades of fighting for recognition for their sacrifices to the country... Because they've gotten cancer and died. The uh, Congress in December actually passed a bill or passed a law that the Department of Defense must design and create an Atomic Veterans Commemorative Service Medal. For those who were instrumental in development of our nation's atomic and nuclear weapons program. Oh, thank you for your service. Cancer. Dying. Here's a commemorative medal. Can you say Tuskegee Project? This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. 
Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.